Hello, everyone, and welcome to Molly Movie Club. I'm Casey Muratori. And I'm Anna Redberg. Today's movie is Looper, a movie where an elderly Bruce Willis reminisces about the time that he got a tattoo on his arm of a waitress at a diner only to realize that maybe it should have been from a different waitress. Anna Retberg, what did you think of Looper? I feel like this movie has, for me, all the problems that all Ryan Johnson movies have, (laughs) which is like, I feel like his movies universally... Pause for one second. Besides Brick, have you seen Brick? I haven't seen Brick. Okay, so let's let's excerpt Brick. Go. So, like... It's filled with interesting ideas, I would say. Uh, There's, like, ideas in it that I actually really like. And that's true for, like, all of his movies. But he has a really hard time, like, bringing everything together in a way that works. And I think in this movie in particular, it feels like he just had too many ideas. Mm -hmm. Uh, It feels like he's trying to fit way too much in this movie. It's almost like three movies squished together, right? That's Mm -hmm. what it feels like. And because of that... I think it just it kind of fails to ever really work in any of those stories. I think my favorite plot line is the the superpowered kid, the telekinetic kid mm-hmm. plot line. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really a cool idea, uh, and it, it feels very like anime. Actually, the whole movie feels kind of like an anime to me in a good way, like Akira or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's a good description. Actually, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, and I really like that. Like, I, I like the creativity of that, and. Uh, so and that's why I say I like the ideas. I think the only idea I don't love is the looper idea, just because I think it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, the the initial idea makes sense. Like, okay, I get it. They're like disposing bodies in the past. That makes sense. But like everything else around it just like doesn't make sense really. Um, and then he's like trying to tie these all these different things together, and it's just I don't know. It just never really works. Yeah, I I, I guess I would agree with you pretty broadly. Um, I do think that there's typically. The, the only thing I guess I, I'm not sure if I agree with there is just I don't know whether there, it's that there are too many ideas or if just the ideas aren't worked. I, I think my problem with Ryan Johnson movies isn't necessarily that there are too many ideas. It's well, that, I, mean, I, I don't know if I mean that in all of his movies. I definitely mean in this particular In this one movie. as well, I would say. Yeah. The ideas aren't worked through is, is mainly yes. the problem that I have. So when I watch one of his movies, whether it's Knives Out or Last Jedi mm-hmm. or this one mm-hmm. – um, I don't know if there's some that I've missed. Brick, which I think was his first major film that you know anyone would have seen. Yeah. I don't know if he did like short films before that or something. Brick doesn't really have this problem because it's a lot more straightforward in terms of like ideas, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of got a central conceit and then it's just sort of a noir thing. Yeah. Um, that's kind of cute the way they do it. All of his other movies, there's just stuff in them. But the stuff doesn't line up with anything. So if you actually try to go back and make sense of any of it, mm-hmm. it doesn't really work because everything is just left dangling in a way that doesn't connect and that undercuts the movie because either it was a good idea that would fit well in this story and it's not explored sufficiently to actually have an impact on the story mm-hmm. or it's an idea that wasn't really connected in a way that can work. And if you try to connect it, the movie kind of falls apart because with that idea in the movie, like the rest of the ideas don't work or mm-hmm. something, right? Yeah. Like they're conflicting. Right. So like it it kind of like 
all of the screenplays strike me as screenplays where nobody actually worked through how to connect these pieces into a self-reinforcing whole that you want to watch. Exactly. They all just kind of crumble. It's like it's like a cookie with no binding agent. You try to pick it up and it falls apart. And um, this movie is probably the worst that I've seen. Of his, you mean? Uh, I, would, I wouldn't necessarily say it's the worst I've seen qualitatively quality wise what i mean is it's the worst of his that i've seen on this metric right meaning yes it yes. falls apart completely if you try to hold on to any one of the ideas and say did this idea really exist in this world we've created the answer is immediately no because it can't work yes right? exactly yeah no i i totally agree because i think i i think ryan johnson is a really creative person pretty clearly um i i think he he definitely has some interesting things about the way he directs, the way he thinks about stories. I feel like there's definitely things I like about his movies. I mean, even like The Last Jedi, like I liked the idea of what he did with Luke. It's just the execution was poor, right? It's like Yeah, that's my that's my And it's like this is well, the yeah. same thing where it's like I think there's a lot of really good ideas, but just like you said, it when he, he doesn't do the work of like fully exploring those ideas in the movie and like thinking them all the consequences of the ideas aren't explored and i think that's the problem because like it you know you brought up the last jedi that's exactly my feeling on it is that when you watch the last jedi a lot of people don't like what they did with luke and i'm not sure that's actually true i think that's a true feeling that you come away from the movie with but i think what you're actually responding to i suspect those people actually respond to is that it's just said what the idea is with Luke and never explored. And that always feels hollow. So, of course, people will reject that yes. or not like it because what you've done is effectively is put in a sort of controversial, conflicting sort of idea in the story and never given it the hour and a half at least it would need, you know, to explore that thing because you just stuck it in and then crammed as much other stuff in the movie mm-hmm. as you can so it never has a chance to sit with the audience and make sense to the audience and show the consequences to the audience the the same thing is true of this movie you know it it's just it, i think it, it smacks to me of like when you're writing the script of just putting stuff in it and then moving on yes, right yes. and you can't really do that it it doesn't come across as satisfying I, yeah, I agree. It's like he had a lot of a lot of good original ideas, and he just wanted to put as much as he could in this movie. And didn't. yeah, maybe. Like, uh-huh. I mean, I think there's some really cool scenes in this movie. Uh, like, I, I think this movie is sort of just like is broken up into different scenes that almost feel like they're not connected, but they're individually kind of good, right? Um, like one of the best scenes I actually think in the movie almost could have been like a short film, like a really mini short film, which is when the first. Uh, the Paul Dano, his like older version, right, is like running to to go to the spot that he you know has been scratched into his arm, and as he's going, young Paul Dano is being like basically surgically like pulled apart, and so yeah. as he's going, he's losing more and more body parts, and it's such a cool scene. It's so disturbing. It's really effective, but it's like. It's one of those concepts, too, where you like, if you think about it at all, you're like, well, <laughs> he wouldn't still be in this situation. Like, if all those things had happened, you know what I mean? It's like, you can't think about it. But as a individual scene, it's really effective. Well, I mean, that brings up one of the biggest problems with the movie for me, uh, which is I, I talked about this with Back to the Future, actually. And I think they're a great pair of movies to contrast because Back to the Future does everything right in this regard, and Looper does everything wrong. So I literally said this when we did the Back to the Future review. And what I said was, 
it's critical because I think the movie is self-aware enough to know that Back to the Future does not have a plot where the solution to things hinges on the science. Yeah. Because if it does, the movie would fall apart because it's not taking the science seriously. Like, there's no explanation, for example, of if Marty, like in that movie, right, if Marty is disappearing, right, mm-hmm. there's no explanation for why he wouldn't have disappeared earlier and therefore not have caused his dad <laughs> to not fall out of the tree and right. and get right. hit by the car, right? <laughs> so it's, it should be self-correcting. Like if he disappears, then everything goes back to normal, which means he reappears, which means now it's like this weird like flip-flop toggle happening in time, which I guess you would see him be totally fine and then <laughs> gone and then totally fine, you know, which you could have done if that was the kind of movie you were making. But they were like, no. Like, so they're like saying, we're not going to get that right. So instead, we're just going to say the climaxes of this film simply don't involve anyone thinking about or doing anything with that. Yeah. They're just, we got to get these people together for the dance. We've got to get the lightning into the flux capacitor. And at no time is anyone going to have a key science insight that has something to do with that, you know, time travel. Because if that had been the climax of Back to the Future, it would have sucked because you would have been like, wait a minute, but Marty would, you know, you know, it's causing the audience to focus on something because they're looking forward to this conclusion and all of a sudden you're leaning on ideas that don't really work, right? Mm-hmm. So this is why I said I think Back to the Future really nails that part of it. They wanted to make something that's not serious sci-fi and they knew just how to sideline it so that it doesn't create a problem for the Because yeah, you're just not thinking about it. You're not thinking about it and that's crucial. Looper is the opposite of that. Looper has this problem where literally the most important climactic act in the movie where the guy shoots himself mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. So as a climax for the audience, you're like, but what What are you talking about? Like, if, if yeah. that were true, that shooting yourself would cause you to not exist, then, then how is the truck still there yeah. with the silver and the what? What are you talking? This is the dumbest movie I've ever right. seen. So you can't. You can use conceits that don't make sense like that in order to set something up, but you can't resolve them with it because it feels so cheap and such a letdown for the audience. Just like, what are you talking about, right? So this is why I say Back to the Future and this make great contrasting films because Back to the Future knew just how to get it out of your mind so that you focus on the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And Looper was the obvious. It was the opposite. It thought that that was cool. And it's like, it's not and, cool, bro. Well, and the bro. thing is, like, it, it kind of is, like, on the surface, I think emotionally, I like the idea that this character kind of has this moment of selflessness where he realizes that he can fix the situation by killing himself. But yeah, the problem is that it doesn't make sense when you think about it for more than, like, two seconds. Yeah. Because, uh, like, that initial hit where he shoots himself, you're like, oh... And then really quickly, your brain starts going like, oh, but that doesn't, but why is this all, none of this would have happened like then exactly. if he hadn't, like, right? It's, so it's that initial thing works and then it immediately doesn't. So the initial thing didn't even work for me. And the reason for that is because already with like the Paul Dano one, I was already like, what are you talking about? How did he climb up the fence if he doesn't have any legs? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Right, This right, is a right, stupid right. idea. So. Already by the end, that I was even the emotional part didn't work for me because I was already like, this movie is so freaking stupid. Like, I can barely watch it. Like, all of the things that are supposedly happening that I'm supposed to pay Mm -hmm. attention to, again, 
very stark contrast to Back to the Future. Back to the Future is like, don't pay attention to that. It's like, yeah, yeah. the time travel's over. It already happened. We don't want to talk about well, it I again, think, right? I, I think... And like with this movie, it's like, no, we're talking about it all the time, and it's the most important thing, and we're having all of these events that are time travel related happening constantly and driving the plot, and you're just like, no, you don't have the skills for this. I think this is the reason why I liked the the sort of the secondary plot it becomes the main plot but it hits later in the movie i think it's the reason why the like emily blunt character and the son and the that whole thing works so much better is because you could imagine a movie that was basically just that story and all you have to have Mm -hmm. is it's like terminator style time travel where it's like you have a character come back from the future don't worry about it. We invented time ta- travel in the and future. And we never talk about it again. And we never talk about it again. He's come back to kill this guy for the same reasons. Like, the, everything is the same. And you you could es- essentially have just made that movie, and I think it would have worked a lot better. I 100% agree with you. Uh, because I think the ideas in there were really interesting, and it was really working, and it, the movie really kind of slowed down in those parts and became a lot more watchable. I was almost bored with a lot of the Looper stuff. Uh just I think because it's just like your brain's like this is dumb like this doesn't make any sense and not in the like you just need to think on it harder kind of way that like you know the Nolan types would say you know but no it's like <laughs> I hope literally they wouldn't say that about this movie no oh I'm just my saying God. like I think it's like it's just it, your brain starts not caring because it's like this, there's no like real logic to any of this well I think it's so uh, to I'd like to split that into two yeah. things because I'd like to talk about both of them because what you described is exactly how I feel about the movie like yeah. we are 100 percent on the same page here but there's two parts to that one is why does the first part of the movie suck? Because I think it does. Yes. And two, why does the second part of the movie work? Because I think it does. Yes. Right? Yes. So uh, I would say that possibly there, there is the time travel aspect, which is just kind of bad in this movie. So there is the fact that that is making the second part better and the first part worse because, because the, second the second part, part has less. The second part really kind of forgets about the time travel other than at the very end. Yes. It, it kind of is just forgetting that that's a thing. Uh, but I think there's another really big reason for that. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> one of the things that they don't do in this movie, and I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's just kind of like because they thought they had enough, but they don't really. Or if it got cut for time or whatever. Is the first half of the movie before they get to the farmhouse is entirely about characters that we have never been introduced to and will never be introduced to. The main character, we basically never see any background information for him or establishment for him at all. Mm-hmm. The mob boss guy, same deal. Paul Dano, same deal. Nothing. Yeah. Right? So the most we get from these people are tiny little things that don't really work. Like, you know, they stop the car and look at the kid. The little kid looks back at him. Mm-hmm. It's about the most character development we get for that guy. Uh, it's not good enough. We don't yeah, feel connected to this character. In the, in the first half of the movie, the uh, Bruce Willis is the only character who I feel like you kind of... Um, and he doesn't come in until right, 20 right, minutes Right, but I feel like he actually... I feel like Bruce Willis does a really nice job, actually. You kind of forget. He's like a very good actor. I mean, uh, dude, the Die Hard would not work without no, Bruce I totally, Willis. And, I think uh, it's, just, it's just, you know... Yeah. You see him with like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and you're just like, "Oh, Bruce Willis is like way better. Like he's really good." Joseph Gordon-Levitt's performance is really weird in this movie too. Bruce Willis is amazing in Pulp Fiction as well. There's 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 a lot of good Bruce Willis. He's roles. great. He's just great, yeah. and he he's so natural. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, anyway, I, I was gonna go, go on a tangent about Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but we can. I don't know. If the we acting do is pretty bad. Well, in it's this not just movie, the but... acting. I think it's partly the acting because he's trying to do like a weird Bruce yeah. Willis impression. He also looks. I don't know what. 
They obviously did some like weird CG makeup to his face to try to make him look more like Bruce Willis, and he looks really creepy. Okay. Like I really don't like how he looks in this movie. I wish did they, they actually do CG to his it face. It sure looks like it to okay. me. If you look at the profile when they're like sitting at the diner, he has the same exact nose. And they gave him the same profile as Bruce Willis. Like I think, Weird. and okay. you can tell his mouth is like really off. Okay, he's got these like super dark eyebrows. Look like they were painted. Yeah, that on. was weird. It could just be makeup. Though. And I was also yeah. like, okay, you know, they do say stuff about the characters' like fashion sense, so it could just be like maybe this is just the like aesthetic of the time or something. But I don't know. He he. I don't think it's a very good performance from Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I didn't think it was either, but I'm not sure that it would have helped enough. If it had been. No, no. So, but you know, it might have made that, because that, we spend all the movie with that character, I think having him maybe be a little bit more, like, able to be connected to emotionally would have helped. I don't know. Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, d- I didn't like that he was creepy looking, though, in, in, like a, in like a bad CG way. I didn't like that. So, you know, the typical way you do this here is you show this character making some decisions that the audience is bought into. You know, you uh, y- we know that he's saving his silver. He wants to go to France um, for some reason. We don't really know why he's, you know, doing like a thing in his head. He's got a um, earphones on at the beginning of the movie, practicing his French. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're we're sort of like... I I believe the implication there is that he's learning French. Like, if I had to fill in the backstory, and I'm really just going on a limb here, he's learning French because he kind of likes the waitress at the diner. Yes. But she's maybe unavailable for some reason or doesn't like him. So he's thinking if he goes to France, then maybe he'll meet some. I don't fucking know. Like, I'm making something up here because the movie doesn't really tell me. We needed to see that. Like, show me him deciding to go learn French because of the the new waitress at the diner. Like, show me some this character making an investment in something so that I'm invested in this character and his wants and desires going forward. It's not sufficient to just tell me he wants to go to France. It doesn't really work. It's also weird, too, um, because I think... Like, I need some, some well, and, scenes. And also, I think you know? it kind of conflicts a little bit with who the character is sort of stated to be. He's He's a drug addict. He's obviously very sort of depressed yeah and the whole thing with the bruce willis character is bruce willis is like look this like your life is going to get better this woman is going to like make you a better person right she's going to give you something to sort of like live for and i feel like the whole learning french thing is just like look he's not there yet like he's not aspiring to something he's not like i want to go to france right he's not there yet so it's like a little bit premature i think for uh, of a thing for that for that character to probably be wanting and there's also just you know back to the original point of too much stuff in the movie there's too many women in this movie for that like it's like okay the woman that he's talking about is this chinese woman i guess from in the in future china Mm -hmm. that we've never met and only see in like flash forwards that are telling us about what happens to bruce willis so like Okay, I'm also going off of Bruce Willis's motivation to stay with this woman who we don't know and don't care about and never hear speak in the movie. Meanwhile, we're focusing on we hear more lines from the waitress at the diner than we do that lady yeah. who's supposedly driving the entire plot of this film. Yeah. Then we've got Emily Blunt who gets introduced. It's like who's also sort of has a relationship with with uh with Levitt, mm-hmm. right? There's just too much. Like, you're asking me to 
have all of these strong connections to these characters who are supposedly driving a plot in various different ways, but you just don't spend enough time with any of them. This is exactly why I said it feels like there's just too much in this movie. It feels like he threw too many ideas Mm -hmm. at this thing. It's like, you need to rein it in. Yeah, exactly. Like, Combine a few of those yes. characters, Figure right? Figure out how to make these the same person exactly. and move forward. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I, I think he just had too many ideas and he was too precious about some of them. Um, I think this is probably something that can happen when you're like a writer-director and you have like a bunch of creative control. It's like you really like some of your ideas and like sometimes you just have to have somebody be like, yo, we need to cut some of these ideas. Like, you know, or turn this into a series or something. But like for a movie, it's just too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of that. And as I say, I don't think any of it as an idea is bad or wrong. If it's a mini concept. series, maybe this is exactly. fine. Exactly. Right? I'm like, yeah. I think just for a two hour movie, it's like you're really trying to stuff way too much in there. And it's just not, it's not working. Um, on the bad acting front, I'd say Paul Dano was also terrible. You don't like Paul. Why? We've had a lot of Paul Dano lately. I don't think I've ever seen Paul Dano in something that I liked. Um, he wasn't horrible in one or two scenes of the Batman, but he was actually kind of bad in several scenes of the Batman. You just don't like Paul Dano. So I think I'm just, when Paul Dano's in something, it's not great. It's, you know, I'm, I'm starting to think of this as like an omen. Like if it says Paul Dano, they're like, oh boy. <laughs> I think it's weird how um, in the movie so, club right. we keep having like repeating actors. Like this month we're actually going to have a repeating Emily Blunt. Uh, so it's like we're we're on a blunt Dano street. Well, I'm just like it, uh, it. We've had and we had this before. With wait, where's the blunt coming back? What, what, what Edge of Tomorrow, I believe she's one of the main okay, characters. Okay, I that. haven't seen that. All right. So I yeah, to me the the first part of the movie is just really bad storytelling. Yeah, is what it boils down to. I'm sorry to be that blunt about it. It fails to establish these characters. It fails to establish why we care about these characters. It's just showing a bunch of scenes that are expected to stand up because of the cool sci-fi idea we had. But it doesn't. Like, it's not that cool, A. And because, you know, there are movies. So you brought up anime. Mm -hmm. Akira, when I watch it, can kind of stand up on its cool anime. Yes. uh, Cool uh, sci-fi ideas. Mm -hmm. Like, you watch a scene for that and you're like, I just liked watching that. I don't really have to care who these people are that much because yeah. it really does look that cool. This movie just kind of looks like it just got shot in downtown LA and we stuck a different building in the background to make it feel futuristic. It doesn't feel like Blade Runner or something where I'm just enjoying being immersed in this world. So yeah. it it simply can't get away with that. It has to have more mm-hmm. on the screen than just future time travel weird blunderbuss gun. It's like, I don't care yeah. about that. And when it's, I think it has, as I said before, like individual scenes that are cool to watch as an individual scene. Like even just the opening, the, the opening scene where he's standing in the cornfield waiting and then the body appears and he shoots it. Like that's a cool scene. It really is. Like it's a, it's a, it's a striking visual idea. But like, yeah. you can't, you can't really make a movie out of just those little bits. Like, well, you can. Well, you can't in the yeah, but right? but I think it's like this but movie doesn't. This movie doesn't. So, yeah. and a good example of that is the you know extremely overbearing and annoying voiceover that ruins I a lot of that were, stuff. I knew you were going to talk about the voiceover. Well, it ruins a lot of that stuff because yeah. again, so this is always thing. If the voiceover is explaining what's happening on the on the screen, you know, you failed. You've, at the, it's bad. You failed right? as a storyteller. When you have voiceover, it needs to be different. Right. That's the point. Like you look at Fight Club or something. Yes. Yes. When it's telling you something that contradicts. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, and, or, or is the, unsettling. Or if the narration right? is just, you know, because I think. Really well written. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like really well written. Because I think we've seen movies like, in fact, I think wasn't Eating Gilbert, didn't Eating Gilbert Grape have a... I mean, it has just bookended. Yeah. Uh, I'm just is... saying like there's examples of movies that aren't bad that do this and it doesn't really hurt them. Yeah. I think it's it's when it's used as a crutch is when it's a problem. Not so much when it's it's just maybe used as like a a little bit of like a supplemental thing. It, it, it's like this movie is using it as a crutch. It is relying on it to tell you really important information about like how this world works and how the the story like like what is the story, right? So I would say that a little bit differently. Okay. So I actually don't there there are times when it's used as a crutch TM and that's like just the Disney thing where it's like no one would know what you're talking about in this movie if you didn't have someone at the begin beginning explain it. Mm-hmm. Um and you know sometimes they manage to do that kind of okay cuz it feels a little bit storybook like the opening of Beauty and the Beast isn't necessarily yeah, awful. Yeah cuz you can you can kind of get away with the like once upon a time yeah, kind of thing. Yeah cuz you're like it's sort of like a storybook uh those are kind of a little bit different. Yeah. So with this, I would say that actually there's something slightly different going on with Looper, at least to me. Mm-hmm. The problem with the voiceover narration in Looper is actually that the movie gets better if you got rid of it. Mm-hmm. So when you are putting out a sci-fi idea, like, like when the audience sees this scene, which I agree that opening scene's pretty good, where he's looking at a watch. Mm-hmm. You're like, what's he doing? Mm-hmm. Listening to his friend. She's like, not even that interested. A person appears, he shoots them. And then he goes, takes some money out of a thing and like leaves, right, with the body. If you just didn't tell anyone what that was, they'd be really invested now in yes. the movie because they're like, what's going on? The audience shouldn't find out what that is for like at least a half an hour. Yeah, you were, okay? you, you totally undercut. Yes. Like, this is a, such a common thing you see all the time in, in, I've seen, I, it happens in books I read, it happens in movies. It's like, there's obviously a skill to like knowing when to hold back information yes. because I think a lot of times storytellers are just like, I love this world I've created and I want to tell you all about it. And it's like, I actually need to hold that back and like strategically unload it as as time goes on. Like that's actually... The audience needs to feel like yeah. they're along for the ride, right? When they yeah. see something interesting, they now are bought into the movie. They want to find out what's this guy's deal. Yeah. That would have been the perfect time to be slow and spend time with this character and find out through interactions what that was all about. You even do all that work, sort of. Like, you have the the Paul Dano character, like, lets his loop go, basically. And then that's, like, a good way of introducing, like, oh, like, that's himself. And, like, this is their kill. Like, right? You, the movie even sort of goes through the steps of, like, unrolling stuff for you. But it's already explained it to you. So it's like, yeah. I'm all. I'm also not sure that we care about any of that. Like it never ends up mattering really. It doesn't really. And so a lot of it just seems like it seems like development of things that didn't need to be developed at the expense of the things that did, which is just our connection to the character. Mm-hmm. We didn't need to know that thing about closing the loops actually. No. Which is it really doesn't matter to your appreciation of the actual emotional content of this movie. It's just like a general sort of like piece of information that it's good if you pick up along the way but not essential that you do mm-hmm. so it's yeah it really just it doesn't know what to focus on through that whole first part and as a result you just don't care about anything it's yep. just like i don't know there's a bunch of action happening on the screen i don't care um and uh, you know the i don't know that anything in particular any particular scene is really like awful like they're all like vaguely watchable but i just don't care about them at all yeah that's the big problem and i think that's what that's what changes so dramatically 
in the second half of the movie when the Emily Blunt character kind of comes in in the sun. It's like suddenly <clears throat> yes. the movie becomes really watchable and engaging and you're you're invested in it all of a sudden, right? And um, it just goes to show like how how well one thing is working and how badly one thing is working, right? Yes. So like the scene that I actually liked in this movie, because most of the scenes I didn't really care mm-hmm. about or care for. Uh, by far, I think the best scene in this movie, by far, is when <clears throat> Emily Blunt and the little boy, uh, the Rainmaker, I think mm-hmm. they call him, are playing a multiplication game on the floor. Mm-hmm. And uh, he starts to get upset. Like mm-hmm. a, He starts to throw a tantrum. Mm-hmm. And she runs and hides in a safe. Mm-hmm. Uh that to me was just great filmmaking. You see, it, it doesn't need the voiceover. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need anything weird to happen. Actually, almost nothing happens in that scene. He just starts to get mad, and the wind is like blowing a little bit. And like just things shows, are it, it, shaking. It's the first time you see just how scared of him she exactly. is. Exactly. And she going and hiding in a safe. You're like, oh my god! Like she's actually terrified of what this kid can well, do. Well, and this, right? I think this it is establishes. Both of those characters so well. And it does exactly what we were just talking about the yes. rest of the movie not doing, which is slowly unrolling yes. information to you over time and and drawing out your interest and making you more and more intrigued without just saying it straight out. And, and it ends up paying off so well because, like, when certain things end up happening, it's like, it's shocking, right? Like, when the little boy ends up killing the guy in the living room, right? Yeah. It's, like, yeah. so good and it's so intense and it's, like, it's so well rolled out to the viewer like it's great it's really well done i that, that, i think that whole i wish the movie was just that like, I, I, I wish that was just its own movie i think I, that would I, be so good i mean i really love the idea of like like it's a little bit cheesy but it's very sweet of like you see the two paths right it's like if he grows up without a mother he becomes a monster but it's her love and her caring that like prevent that from happening and i think yeah. that's such a sweet lovely little story right yeah it's a good thing to build a movie on yes. for sure and uh you know, I guess one problem is you've got a lot of work to do now, right? It's like if you're like, okay, that's going to be, it's going to be an hour and a half movie, like a normal film that's about that, this, and we're not going to do all the rest of the nonsense in this movie. The problem is you do then need to figure out like, okay, well, you know, who's coming to kill this person and why? You know, you mm-hmm. probably, again, this movie probably just would have been better if they had just removed more of the ideas. There's just... There are just agents who are responsible for killing TK people before they destroy the world or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that's who the people are who are coming after him or something. We don't have this entire huge backstory that takes an hour to tell about <laughs> loopers. And, you know, I mean, you just you just got to simplify it down still, and get it out of the way. I think the time I like the time travel angle because I like the I like the knowledge that this particular boy actually becomes a supervillain essentially like okay as opposed to just like we're killing all the tks because they might become bad i like knowing that this kid does i think it really ups the the fear like i i think we are genuinely kind of afraid of this kid and we're on the edge right like he's he's a sweet little boy and so like obviously we don't want him to die but at the same time like we're scared of him and i think that doesn't work as well if he's just sort of a hypothetical bad guy it's like no he is actually a future bad guy so i think like Doing Terminator-style time travel where it's like, you have a person who comes back for a reason. It, I mean, his motivation could be very similar to Bruce Willis's actual motivation, right? Some reason that he really wants to kill this person, right? Like, I don't think it really needs to be more complicated than that. Right. 
Uh, but I do think I like the time travel element of that part of the story. I think it enhances it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, then you just, you've just got a lot of work to do. Yeah. I mean, is all I can say. So if you want that in there, right, then you've got to have, yeah. I mean, it's possible that both they were both coming back to kill him or something. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the people just gets, you know, incapacitated by to Emily honest, Blunt. It's, it's a very, set, it's, right, it's actually just Terminator. Yeah. It's actually just Terminator. It's like, it's the same idea. It's like, oh, we're coming back to kill John Connor. Like, it, right. It's like, right. it's, it's actually the it's same. It's like Terminator 2. Two people come back to, to, you know, but, but one of them for some reason or another ends up trying to protect him. It wouldn't make much sense that anyone was sent back to protect him because if someone was sent back to protect him, maybe sent back by the bad guy, which is not really what you well, want. Or, or, but you have a second um, person. You have two people sent back to kill him in the one, the Joseph right, Gordon-Levitt character. And meets him and, and decides her, and, not and, to. And like changes exactly. his mind. That's exactly. What was, that's so, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, I think, I think if. That to me, I mean, I love Terminator, so like obviously, yeah. I think that that's a great movie right there. Um, so yeah, you could do something like that you might be a little derivative at that point, but hey, it's better than what happened here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's so, different enough. You know, it's different enough. And the focus isn't on that, so you exactly, know, they're not robots or something. And no, no, it's a totally you know. different world. Yeah, uh, and it's not the same story. It's just it's using time travel in kind of a vaguely similar way, but so I don't know. I. I don't know, but some, you know, you'd have to sit down and actually work out. Maybe there's a lot more interesting things you could do. So maybe you don't have to do that. Maybe you could do something else. But either way, uh, you know, you've you kind of have this problem of the only real way this movie gets good, I think, is, yeah, if you focus on that more. Now, maybe that's not true. Maybe there is some way you can keep the looper stuff in there. But then I mean, you have just a tremendous amount of work yeah. to do because it's so broken. I as think it is. you honestly, you probably needed to just cut one of them and make the whole movie that. Like, maybe you could have made the Looper thing work, but that probably has to be the entire movie. I think it's just it's just like that too many yeah. ideas thing. I and I think you're right. Like, it's harder to make the Looper thing work because it's relying a lot more on time travel, and it's and, so broken already. Like, uh, the, yeah. the the other part as a self-contained part, works quite well. Yeah. The only problem is, as it exists right now, you can't excerpt it cleanly because it requires these two guys to be doing this stuff, right. and the only reason they're doing it is because of like a construction of this looper thing mm-hmm. that happens on the outside. So you can't just like show that and expect it to be a full movie. It's like, wait, what? Like, why is the loop? Huh? Um, so, you know, you do have work to do to tie off those loose ends. But yeah. The, the other thing that I would say is the looping thing... I also just don't like besides the fact that like it it doesn't make sense in any kind of way that you can hold on to like in terms of like what am I supposed to believe happens here why why does you shooting yourself make yourself disappear but not all the things you did disappear like right, I exactly. can't understand that right it's just, it's fundamentally ununderstandable to me Cause it, well because it's 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 it doesn't work. Right. Like it, it doesn't follow any actual. It's completely rules of bizarre. Logic, right? It's like so. It sort of suggests that the moment in time when you do something only affects your second self at that time. Literally, then, like it's like it's a lateral. It's like you have like you have two tracks running together at and the it same only time. Affects yeah. the lateral version of you, yeah. and everything before that version is still happening the way it happened, which. I guess is a thing you could do, but it's very confusing because now it's like, all right, so when, why are the things that are happening beforehand happening forward? It's, you just really breaks your brain to try and like, the best way to say this is 
I don't really want to be responsible for coming up with the set of metaphysics that somehow makes this movie work because they are crazy weird, mm-hmm. right? They're like only lateral, but still carrying forward and not carrying forward through the loop. And you're just like, ah, like it's like you're making all these if statements in your thing to try and make the code actually run this. <laughs> uh, and that's not satisfying. Right. Maybe there are some series of metaphysical constraints I could make up that could make this movie work, but they're too convoluted and strange for the audience who just wants to watch a freaking movie about like characters doing stuff because most of this movie isn't about science. It's not like Star Trek people on the bridge talking about science or something. It's not 2001. It's not that movie. I think fundamentally, Ryan Johnson wanted to have the cool scenes of people disappearing or having limbs disappear or having words appear on their arm right like he wanted to have those cool ideas even though they don't really make sense and like and he wanted them to happen in a cool way right so in other words he wanted the the etching to appear on your arm in and like in a way that you suddenly realize like it hasn't always been there yes but it's like it obviously would have already been there because it how did it get there exactly right exactly so it just doesn't make sense um and it's like I agree like I do think the scenes are cool like they they if you don't think about anything bigger they are cool like I like that idea I like that idea of like it's like body horror right it's really that's why I mentioned like Akira I think there's a lot of that sort of in this movie actually the sort of like body horror stuff that um works really well but it doesn't make sense and that's the problem so you know that part is just kind of unsatisfying But there's also other things about it where I was just like, I felt like the movie was also weirdly underexplained in things that don't have anything to do with that, right? So so that part is troubling because, again, the plot, like, hinges on it. It's not like Back to the Future where I can just ignore it because no one cares. Like, it's just like, yeah, we went back in time and now we're never going to talk about that again, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Let me just say all the things that I was like, I do not understand the point. Like, I literally don't understand the supposed explanation for this. So in the future, there's just a time machine like sitting out in the open. It's just th- it's like in a like a construction site. Like a it's just like a freaking yeah. t- you can see through the wall. There isn't even a wall. It's like girders, right? They're like in the future, it's very hard to like dispose of a dead body. Why wouldn't you shoot the person first and then put them in the time machine? So that there's no possibility, right? Obviously, you can dispose of a body. It's the time machine. (laughs) So that part makes no sense. Second, it's like, well, if for some reason they can't find this time machine, which is also supposedly illegal, why can't you just put the body in some acid or like a lava pit there? Like, like, what are you talking about? Can't dispose of it. The police can't find the time machine that's sitting out in the open. How are they going to find the body? What does that mean? So none of that makes any sense. It's clear that they don't have an explanation for it because even in their like complicated voiceover where they're trying to make these things make sense, they just say like, I don't know something about tra-. like they, they even like say like, I don't know. He's like, right? we don't, yeah, I mean, he's like, um, they don't have all the information. We're just the loopers. Right? Like, like, we're just the dumb right. dudes who shoot stuff. It's like, but uh. then even if all of that somehow makes sense, like you can't shoot the person because somehow it's easier to find them if they're dead than if they're alive. Maybe, maybe dead stuff that, can't. You can't put something dead in the in time the machine. In the time machine. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? It sounds 
stupid because all their clothes come through with them. It's like it's not the Terminator. Even thing, Terminator yeah. thought this through further, right? Which Terminator doesn't care that much about this part of things, right? But even Terminator got that right, where they're like, "Yeah, no, you can't come through with anything because otherwise, why wouldn't you take blah?" Same thing. It's like obviously dead stuff does come through. He's wearing like a jacket. Yeah, like, exactly. It yeah, does yeah. come through. A lot of this movie, I just really confused. I really was like, I didn't understand most of the things that were not, I don't think they were supposed to be confusing. Well, but this is right? a problem with time travel in movies. Not the time travel, right? Oh, well, like, sure. I'm just saying, though, like, I think I think this feeling of, like, it, things just don't make sense is is why time travel movies so often kind of fail is because everything you make, everything you do with time travel that you haven't really fully thought through introduces, like, ten Wait, but that doesn't make sense kind of repercussions, right? I think that's true of the time travel, but what I was trying to illustrate is this movie, even without the time travel, is too confusing. Okay. And I don't know if that's maybe just like too much work back going on where they're like, oh, we want to have X happen. I think So we have to have Y happen. And you're like, okay. And I'm just like... But those things don't make sense to me. Like, like you, you're not spending enough time establishing what is happening, exactly. why that's happening. So I don't understand. Well, that's why my, right? my first initial impression is, like, there's too much in this movie. Uh, why do you send the looper back to themselves to be killed? If you right. actually if you care. Were, if you were worried if, about that. If the thing that you really were like, we want to make sure these loops get closed, you would never do that. You'd always send them back to a different looper. Yep. Right? Yep. So that's just ridiculous. I mean, that was so dumb that I was like... No, like there's no way mm-hmm. that you would send it to a looper who never knew that guy. So that's just another anonymous person they could never possibly recognize. So it's like only in a movie written by a writer well, the, would a mafia ever do that. I think, well, right? and to me, even the, the entire concept of closing the loops was kind of weird. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. so they just randomly decide that you're done, I guess, and you kill your future self and then you get a big payday and you can just be done. <clears throat> like, is that the idea? Yeah. You're just done? You can go walk around free for like 30 years for some reason and then they kill you? It doesn't really, like that whole concept doesn't make any sense to me. Well, the other thing that doesn't make any sense is why do the people come back at different times? Yeah, why not just send Just send them all back at the same time. The whole mob just goes over there. You send them all back at the same time. You machine gun down all thousand people. And that's it. I think there. It seems like their their whole <laughs> right? idea. Just like well, done. It, it seems like the whole way that he, Ryan Johnson is like conceptualizing time travel in this movie yeah. is like kind of weird. It, it literally is. feels like there's like two tracks of time that are moving forward together. Yeah, one is in the future and one is in the past, exactly. and they're like going forward together along the tracks. And so, like as time moves forward for both. Time, yeah. so they, they like they're like in sync or something, yeah. which is something I could imagine being a concept for time travel. I suppose it's like, look, we have this like weird thing where we're like locked; these two points are locked, and so like time moves forward in one at the same time that it moves in the other. Like, right? That yeah. that's a t- that's like an idea. Like the time machine can only go back exactly thirty years. Exactly, it's like locked. It it's locked never do anything time. else. It yeah. can't go back twenty nine years or thirty one. Right. It's years. not like the DeLorean right. where you can just like set the exact right. minute or whatever. It's yeah. like it's the way it works is just the way it works. Like maybe it's the technology is just that right. And so you are on these two tracks where it's like things are having. And I mean, it, I I guess that kind of makes the that might justify the like. Legs disappear. It doesn't. it doesn't. It doesn't. It still doesn't work. Yeah. Because th- that has nothing to do with the time machine. Right. Because like as soon as that happened, you would forever have been that way, which means that 
you would never be in the same situation you're in. Right. So it's like, it's just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it. Ob- obviously, yeah. A, yeah. a guy can't run away if he has no legs. Right. So you're kind of done at that yeah. point, right? Anyway, I mean, I don't Pretty know. Bad. I don't know. I don't know how much more there really is to say, like, other than just continuing to, like, nitpick. Because it's I, like, you could just keep going on that, probably. I would like to say I didn't think this movie looked good. I thought it was a lousy looking yeah, movie, which like, didn't help. It felt a little um, like low budget. It, it maybe which, was too low budget, but in general, I thought the shot framing wasn't very good. I thought the lighting wasn't very good. So one of the problems with this as a sci-fi film for me is it just doesn't look very good. So again, I was never getting that sort of Blade Runner-esque feel yeah. of like, oh, I just kind of like being in your sci-fi world. It's like shot really well and it looks interesting. It's like, nope. So one of the problems with Looper is that I can't find anything to really like about this movie except for mm-hmm. just the isolated parts with the TK kid, which I agree if somehow you could have got rid of the rest of it and expanded that mm-hmm. into a whole movie, I think you would have had something there because those characters are more developed. Mm-hmm. You actually spend time with them. You well, the know who they are. The movie really quiets down and slows down and spends time. I mean, literally, there's just like scenes where she's like, hacking at like a stump with an axe and it's like it has time to breathe and it's so much nicer it has tension like when the agent comes to the house and the gun is behind the door right and like you see like it's it's doing a lot of things that you're just like oh yeah i kind of wish whoever knew to do those things knew to do them in the rest of the movie right but but they don't uh and so it's that's kind of very frustrating almost in a way it also makes that part worse because you're you're like noticing that difference, right? If yeah. it had just started with that, then it would have been even better because you like, would never have noticed the difference, right? I feel like Ryan Johnson is one of those directors who's kind of frustrating because, like, there's times when he's so good and there's some times where he's just not. And it's like, yeah. I don't know what that inconsistency is about exactly. Like, I, I don't either. Because I think it's like... There's some scenes, as I mentioned, like that I really enjoy in this movie. I think are really executed well. Like, I even thought about the thing you were you mentioned like last week with the Spielberg action kind of stuff. Oh yeah, like where it's really clear what's going on, and like there's moments in this movie that are that where you know what the stakes are, you know where everything kind of is placed, and like right. you understand it, and the tension's really high. And then there's other parts in the movie where it's like in, you have no idea what's yeah. going on, and yeah. it's all over the place. So it's like, Ryan Johnson is frustrating because it's like, when he's good, he's really good, but like he's a really hard time maintaining that level of consistency. I mean, part of that may just, again, be like, he he might not be a good writer-director, right? Like, yeah. it could be that, like, he's... Because, you know, Spielberg almost always, once in a while, he's has a screenplay sort of written, but even then, not really, like, he's credited as a screenplay, but actually, like, yeah. I think, like, Coast Guard's Third Kind is actually, like, half written by Hal Barwood and stuff like that. Like, so, even things where he's the only name on it, it's not actually just him. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, that works better, right? It's, like, it's he. It's clearly better if he has a good screenwriter. Has Ryan Johnson ever done a movie that I don't he know, and I was going to say, like, I think maybe this is a case for someone who really shouldn't do that. Like, participate in the ideas... But then let a screenwriter who's good, find a good screenwriter and just let them do that work through yep. and listen to them when they say there's too much in here. We got to simplify yeah. it, right? I know uh, because did. you see that happen with people like like Lawrence Kasdan or whenever when you read like the script meeting between you know Lucas and and Spielberg and Kasdan for Raiders of the Lost Ark, you see how beneficial it is to have someone there who's like 
pointing out the fact that's like, well, we're not going to have enough for this or, or we need more for that. Like that's a really important role. And sometimes, you know, maybe that's just not your strong suit. So just work with somebody, you yeah. know, work with somebody who can fix colla- that. I think often for storytelling, collaboration is is critical. Like even if even if you're still like the main writer, you need somebody there like yeah. helping you through it like or, or guiding you and, and you know, raising red flags on like, oh, yeah. this doesn't make sense. Right. Like that's, I think that's critical for good storytelling. I really do. <clears throat> Cause it does seem like, like a lot of these Ryan Johnson movies just feel like a first draft. They yes. really do. And I'm just As I like, said, like, you good know, ideas that yeah. need to be focused down into something more concrete. Yeah. It, a, a first draft you wouldn't necessarily throw away. Right. No, like, not at a all. first draft, you're going to make a second draft out of it. It's just, but it never had the second yeah. draft. Right. Yeah. And so I feel like that's where a collaborator would help. It's just like, yeah, all the things we're saying in this podcast, someone easily could have said when they read that original script. And then, you know, you refine it. Yeah. You get it into a state where you remove the confusing elements and you simplify some of the character stuff and yep. you put in more development. And this becomes a much better movie. Yeah, like, right? I do feel like in Looper specifically, it feels to me like they're, that Ryan Johnson was being a little precious with some of his ideas. Maybe. I don't know. Sometimes I think one of the best things about having a collaborator is being somebody, yeah. somebody being there to be like. And maybe he does. And maybe, as like, maybe I'm, I maybe apologize does. to the collaborator. Maybe they, they need a new collaborator. Like, I'm, sure. I'm sorry you should be fired, whoever you are. <laughs> or yeah. maybe not. Maybe Ryan just doesn't listen to him. You know, that could be well, too. Well, ultimately, it's like, <laughs> right? yeah, it all comes down to. Someone has to listen to the collaborator. Yeah. But, but yeah. You, you know, whatever. I'm not saying I don't know anything about his writing process. So I don't know. I'm just saying think... that, like, this looks to me like something that could easily have been improved through a process where we were actually critical of it and beat it up a little yep. as it went through its revisions and that just the end result feels like something that got written once and didn't really have that time to get rid of all the stuff that makes the movie not work yep. and it, and build on the parts that, that do work. And I think those things were things that could easily have been identified in a screenplay. They are not things that require the whole movie to have been made before you notice yes. them. I, yes. They're not that kind of thing. They're yeah, not subtle. Ryan Johnson is like... He's he's just close. He's close to being like <laughs> okay. a good filmmaker, okay. like a really good filmmaker, but he's not. I don't know. Yeah, I've I've never watched a Ryan Johnson film and really been satisfied. I have the same um, reaction to like every single one yeah. of his I've seen is like, oh, there are some ideas in there. Yeah. Oh, there's parts of that I liked, I responded to, but like it just never it's kind of meh. Yeah. Like, I can't understand why he keeps getting work though, because yes. He is closer to making a good film than most of the things we see. So yeah. it's like he's definitely doing more than a lot of people are. Yes, it's for just sure. he's not getting to that. And it feels actual, like he could. Like that's the does. thing is it's like there's moments where he is really good. Yes. And it's just about like how do we how does Ryan Johnson like get to that level, level and up. stay there for yeah. like the whole movie? Because I think if he did, I think it'd be great. Unfortunately, I don't think it's gonna happen. I think it's kind of one of those things where, like, I don't think, I don't think he thinks the things we think are bad are bad is no. probably what it is. So I don't think we would expect him to start making movies we like because he's obviously not trying to do that. Like, he probably disagrees with these things we're saying about Looper. Probably. So, I, you know, there you go. And what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, is that it for Looper? I think that's it for Looper. I mean, um... You know, we've mentioned just about everything, I think, in the movie. I liked the look of the pressed latinum. The, right? The, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? It reminded me of Quark from yes. Deep Space Nine. Yes. Um, Gold I feel like he would have had a little uh, vault in his room yes, absolutely. for keeping it. Exactly. Uh, and, I, and so I liked that. 
It's true. Uh, but uh, yeah, beyond that, not not a whole lot in this movie for me. But I did like I liked some of the TK kid stuff, like you did. Mm-hmm. And, the kid uh, was really good too. There you go. And now I've seen Looper. This was my first time, so I'd never seen it. I didn't the see kid, when it came the out. The kid reminded me a little bit of the kid from The Shining. Like two creepy kids. They did a good job with with cre- casting. I liked the creepy kid. Yeah, yeah I did. Nice job. I did. Yep. So. Anyway, that's it for this week. Next week is going to be Primer, which is a whole other can Oof. of worms. All right, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, okay. Uh, I have seen that one. Get your brain before, ready for that but, one. Yeah, that's, that, one's, that one's way more engineering. That's a hard sci-fi movie. We will be back next week with that. Yes, we and, will. And uh, until, until then, then. Take it easy, everybody. Bye.